Thank you, Richard. Um, God is good. Uh, while I was just coming up, I saw uh, two people um, that I just want to <clears throat> say something about them. One is for us to rejoice with Femi and Antonia, the engaged. You want to stand up so that the church will see you. Yeah. Well done. It's always good for us to support each other. We have single people in the church. If you are married, let's support those who are single. Those who are engaged, let's think about how can we support each other. Those who are single, let's also be thinking about how can we support those who are married. Is that okay? Thank you, Femi. So very soon, we're going to... <clears throat> something great is going to happen. <laughs> and just while I was going to the back, normally we don't do this as a church, but it's just some of the testimonies that I've heard, I've read about, <clears throat> and now we're talking about discipleship and mission. Um, I just saw Odion Igalo, who is, will be playing for Manchester United, who is in our midst today. Odion, do you want to just stand up so that the church will see you? Odion is a Christian, is a born-again Christian, and he would, everything he says, whatever things he does, he always attributes it to God, and I think that's, for us to have people who are carrying Christ, I mean, to other footballers, and I think that is great, and uh, we just pray that God would increase you, empower you, enlighten you, give you wisdom on how to take Jesus Christ to the other footballers, in Jesus' name. Right, so let's go back to John chapter 5. There are so many things in John chapter 5. But I'm just going to, anywhere we, anywhere we get to and we need to stop, we're going to stop. <laughs> Is that okay? All right. Well, we'll try and make sure we cover as much as we can. So let me read John chapter 5. <coughs> I'm getting better at uh, making slides. Don't you like my Bible? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's good. The healing at the pool. John chapter 5. I'm going to read from the first uh, 15 verses. And uh, we're going to talk about that. And then we move on. Some time later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the ship gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Beth Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked them, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk at once. The man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. 
And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who had told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So powerful a scripture. Now, what I don't want to do this morning is to start analyzing the sheep gate. Okay? Because actually, when you go around the area, you have, there are about 12 gates. In fact, there's another one called the fish gate. But this man was by the pool. Let's just, let's just remember that this man was by the pool with other disabled people, with other invalids around the pool. And normally an angel will come and help some of them, sometimes to get them into the pool so that they can get well. And uh, Jesus healed this man and he got into trouble for healing the man on the Sabbath. So that's, that's just the story. Now, I want us to look at verse one, which says, some time later. The first thing about our discipleship is that Jesus wants disciples, those of us, to maximize and to take note of our time. Everything we've come to do here on earth is time limited. We need to do things in time and with time. When we ought to do something, if it was Jesus, Jesus doesn't postpone what he ought to do today till tomorrow. Jesus doesn't postpone his purpose and thinking something will happen another day. Jesus doesn't postpone, well, how do I call it? He doesn't postpone obedience to God. When Jesus realizes that he ought to do something, he will do it in time. So when, actually when you read from chapter one, chapter two, even when he went to turn water into wine, the Bible was talking about the next day, Jesus, the next day he went somewhere and after some time, so I discovered that to be a disciple of Jesus, I ought to be in a position to maximize my time for God. Secondly, I need to know that I don't have everlasting time to do what God has committed into my hand. Whatsoever our hands find to do, let us do it with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul within the specified time. Let us be thinking, what am I using my time for? What are my priorities within the time God has given me as a disciple? I want to follow Jesus. 
I want to be like Jesus. How am I using my time? Am I using my time well? Am I postponing some of the things I ought to do today? Am I postponing them till next month or till next week? Because the Bible says that it makes everything beautiful in its own time. So that was the first thing I discovered. So when Jesus went to heal this man, it was actually in time. What is the second thing I want us to take note of? Please, let us read verse 5, verse 6. Because some of the things that I saw there happens to us instinctively. So let's look at verse 5. It says, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Excuse me, what do you think should be the normal answer? If I ask you, do you want to get well? Please look at this invalid. That was what the Bible talks about. And that's what we do so many times. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, well, I'm trying. I'm doing this, trying to get in. Someone else will get there before me. Can you see? Pity me. What can you do for me? You see, there's nobody to help me. Even the church, they don't care enough about me. We give excuses, even when Jesus is there to help us. Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? Some of us will say, we don't have enough money to do this. We don't have enough money. It's because we don't have enough money. That's why I don't think Jesus can help me. Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? And even sometimes when we want to pray for the sick, sometimes we are asking, so how did you become sick? What, what, what were you doing? How? Why are, you, why are you a little bit too lazy? We want to ask, so where, where, where is the problem? Oh, is that the problem? Okay, do this. We try to analyze our situation, and Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? This is so important for me in my discipleship work. If we want to carry out mission, we don't, know to, we don't need to go into so many the Bible says we should abstain from all this genealogy. Some people will say it's, uh, it's my uh, ancestral, what, what, generational causes. You see, this has been in my family for about uh, three generations. No, I, I will just live with it. Don't live with it. Jesus is asking you today, do you want to get well? Stop saying, you keep referring to, ah, uh, my grandfather had this. My father had this. It runs in our family. Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? Some of us, we, we accept our situation. Of course, we want to get help, but do we really want to get help? So two sides I'm saying to this. When we go on mission, don't let us spend too much time into genealogies that doesn't help. If you need to pray for someone and you know somebody has this, just, do you want to get well? Can I pray for you? See what God will do. You are not the healer. The healer said, do you want to get well? And you know what? <laughs> I think was it in, in chapter, John chapter 3, the Bible says, Jesus knows what is inside everybody. He knows what is inside your heart. Let's just leave it unto Jesus. Sometimes we're actually helping Jesus. 
to manage the situation. And we are prescribing to Jesus that if somebody can just give me 2,000 pounds, I know I will feel well. No, Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? Let's be people that will listen to Jesus and then we answer his questions. That's mission. To say to someone at work, can I pray for you? You've told me about these things. I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you because I love Jesus? I will surrender it to Jesus. That's simple enough. Mission is not difficult. Don't let us make it complicated. Sometimes we are saying, oh, they were going to ask me questions that I don't know about. They will be asking me for me to describe the temple. And I know what, because I used to work in the hospital. <laughs> if anything happens, I will be the one they will come to. So Kofu explain to us, why are there so many sufferings in the world? So, the next thing I want to say is that the gospel will carry, please take note of this, the gospel will carry, it appears to me as if it runs along with the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. It appears to me as if, as if our gospel is not a gospel that is powerless. In fact, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It appears to me as when we carry out mission, please, I want you to remember, you are carrying out mission with power. So I saw Jesus demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let's, let's, look, let's read Luke chapter 5. This is very important. You need to know that... The Bible says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The kind of life we live as disciples is not a kind of life that is devoid of power. You may not know it, but you are powerful. I'm not cajoling you. This is not motivational speaking. You know, I'm not, I'm, I, I, you know, I don't want to motivate you. I'm just telling you what is true, whether you believe it or not. The Bible says, as many as received him, John chapter 1, to them he gave power and the right to become children of God. Apart from the fact that you are saved, apart from the fact that you are, we are all children of God, he's giving us power. You need to know it. Whether you now use it or you don't use it, it's another topic entirely. Sometimes we forget that we have power. Sometimes we even think we only have power in the church. <laughs> Out there, when you are playing your football, you are playing with power. Wow. So I said, let's read Luke chapter 5. I just want to see something that I've copied with Jesus, that I, I like to follow, I've seen in Jesus. One day Jesus was teaching, verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. You see, he was preaching, the power was present. Please, let us know that the mission we are to carry out for Jesus is we are going to preach, 
We are going to evangelize. We are going to reach out to people. But let us also know that there is power for us to do, to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. To do the miraculous. To do the extraordinary. Excuse me, it is not you that is going to heal the sick. Did you see what the Bible says Jesus preached? And the power of God was present to heal the sick. Whether they are healed or not, it doesn't concern you, my friend. Pray for them. Release power onto that situation. As disciples, we need to know this. The mission we are carrying out is with us preaching the gospel and then with power. Is that okay? And how does that power come? The power of the Holy Spirit. Was it in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 that the Bible says, How God anointed Jesus Christ with Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all sicknesses and all healing those who are bound by the devil because God was with him. I discovered that <laughs> preaching the gospel becomes a little bit hard, devoid of power. And we've got the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Now, what's the next thing I saw in John chapter? So let's go back to John chapter 5. Verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Ah. With all the explanation that this guy was giving, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. There are times. In the mission work that God has given us, we get distracted by the explanation and by the discussion of what people are telling us, that we get involved with it, and then we carry the burden and we say, oh, oh I didn't know that you've suffered 38 years. Wow. You must have suffered a lot. Wow. I, I just pity you. But I, I don't know. I don't know what can be. 38 years? Just, just manage your sickness. Just tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. The guy will say, I've been like this for 38 years. Who are you? Do you know that he didn't know Jesus? The Bible says he didn't know Jesus. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Now, I just want us to do something before I go on. I want us to see some of those cases the Bible talked about. And I believe the power of the Lord is here to heal someone. Let's demonstrate what, what, we, are, what we are reading in the Bible. Verse 3 says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind. So who is the blind? The blind is someone, according to World Health Organization, who has one over tenth normal vision. They have sight problem. How do we now trans translate that to physical manifestation? It talks about making some decision in Christ making sound judgment. So when we look at it physically, we're also looking at it spiritually. Are you praying for insight? Do you think you have eye problem here? 
God is going to do something this morning. Oh, are you saying that I want to know how to make the right decision? I want to seek the kingdom of God first. I want to have an insight. I want the eyes of my understanding to be opened. God is also going to do that this morning. The next set of, the, guy, the next guy was, the Bible talks about the lame. He was unable to walk without difficulty as a result of an injury or illness affecting the leg or foot. You know, when we talk about somebody's lame, you say, that's a lame excuse, unconvincing. Do you want to be someone of power, of purpose? Do you think, are you thinking, uh, I've lived for 38 years, I've lived for 10 years, I've lived, lived for 15 years, I still don't have purpose or direction to my life. And you can't, you can't say, oh, the kind of life I'm living is, is convincing. And you are saying, Jesus, just help me. Just help me today. The next guy is the paralyzed. A loss of control of something. Like feeling. What does that, act, what, what, what does that amount to physically? Unable to act or function properly. Do you think that even in your Christian work with God, you've not been able to function properly? You've been serving God before, you've been involved, but the past one year, something has happened. We are going to break all those things loose today. And you will get back to yourself. You will get back to who you are in God. <laughs> the invalid, a person made weak or disabled. Do you think somebody has said something to you and you have low self-esteem? Do you think somebody has said something about even your image and you just think, well, I will just live like this? Now, I know what we normally want is for somebody to pray for us, it's for somebody to lay hands on us. Probably this, this guy was thinking Jesus was going to do that. If you think you fall into any of those positions, please just rise up on your feet, and we're going to pray together. Just rise up. I don't have too much time. If you think you fall into any of those categories, it could be physical, it could be spiritual, just stand up on your feet, and we're going to pray together. Thank you. Thank you. I believe the power of God is here to heal the sick. And to even heal us. It may not be, it may not be physical sickness. It may be spiritual. It may be in the mind. It may be in the soul. And we are saying, Jesus, I want to see you come through. So you know what I want us to do? Let's pray. All of us, let's pray. Let's close our eyes. Those of you who are standing, just pray and ask God. Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? Just tell Jesus where you want to get where. That is what I believe Jesus is saying to us this morning. Do you want to get well? Just tell Jesus in your own words. In Jesus' name, Amen. get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Thank you. Take your seat. Jesus has done it. <laughs> Jesus has done it. Let's go home and do this also for our neighbors, for our friends, for our family. Some of our families are not yet saved, and they have issues. And we have even been in that journey with them. You know, so it's like the, the case is familiar with us.
Let's just speak the word of life onto that situation. Yeah. So the next, so we've talked about power, the power of the Holy Spirit. So still that same John from chapter 1 to 14. Jesus got into trouble. They were asking him, why can you imagine somebody who has been invalid for 38 years was made well? I thought everybody should rejoice with him. They were accusing him, why, why, why are you well? Why are you walking? Can you imagine? <laughs> it appears to me as if actually people were looking at him and they never wanted him to walk again. You know, people get used to us, our way of life, what we do, and they believe that nothing good can come out of our life. But as Christians, the next thing we need to know in our discipleship work and in our mission work is that, excuse me, the gospel we are preaching is not devoid of attack from the enemy. Don't you ever think that you will preach the gospel in a place where everybody will embrace you, where everybody will say, well, well done. <laughs> I just received the gospel. Some people will be against you. Jesus says, I'm sending you as sheep, as sheep among wolves. God is sending us to a territory of the devil where there is darkness. Please take note of that. Please, I want you to know that where you are going to preach is not where they like you. But don't forget that you have power. What's the next thing? Authority to carry out God's bidding. Sometimes we are thinking that, well, even if I heal the sick, who is backing me up? Don't forget that you've got power. And then you've got the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to go and heal the sick. So the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 verse 19 that he gave them power and authority over the work of the enemy. If anybody asks you, say you, you, you have authority from the living God. It's only if you are not sure you have authority to do what you are doing. But I want to say to you, you do. And I've been saying to us that it is essential for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, don't go anywhere until you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. You see, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about speaking in tongues. Because some people think, oh, I don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need power. If you want to confront all the ills in our society, we need the power of God. And the power of God is with us. We sang this song today. If our God is for us, who can be against us? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. He says, I've given you power over all the works of the enemy. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. That's the reason why I'm asking you to go and make disciples of all nations. Please, I want you to know that you've got power and authority to carry out the assignment, the purpose of God for your life, wherever you are. What's the next thing I want to say? Stop saying to yourself, I can't do it. Yes, you can do it. I know you can do it. <laughs> if that little baby can do it, you can do it. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't even matter whether you have been a Christian for two weeks, 
for one year. Just go with the knowledge with what you have. You will be surprised what God can do. I can tell you, I can give you numerous examples even in this church. Babs, stand up. Do you know that Babs was cured of cancer? We prayed, we did everything, and God cured him of cancer. He's, he's a living, I'm not talking about a testimony in America. Because some of us are thinking we get testimony from Africa and America here in this church. Amen. Take your seat, thank you. Laddie, where is Laddie? <laughs> Laddie, stand up. You know Laddie had some eye problem. It was so, the doctors, even some of the things they said about him, Laddie is a living witness. He gave the testimony, God healed him. Thank you, laddie. Who again can I pick? Yes, Doris. Doris had some knee problems. And the doctors were talking about osteoarthritis and all those things. And she couldn't bend her knee. She, was, she gave the testimony here. God healed her. She came out, they prayed for her, and God healed. Doris is a living witness. Where is Kola? Stand up, my friend. <laughs> I thank God for Kola. Probably Kola would have died a long time ago. That was the time he had multiple organ problems and failure. We celebrated his birthday, was it not last year? And he's living. What the doctor said about him, oh, thank God he's alive today. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot tell you of, of myself, I had tonsillitis for one year. And Richard just prayed on the phone and said, Kofo, now! I command tonsillitis to stop. And instantly, yeah, I'm not talking about next day, instantly I was healed. Oh, I can tell you, I can give you many more testimonies. I can give you many more. God still does heal people in our generation. Please stop. No, don't let me, you probably that is a bit strong. Don't think what we are hearing on the news, what the scientists are saying, that God doesn't heal people. No, it's true. I've, I've experienced healing in my life. I've shown you people that have been healed. So believe in God. It's our belief and our faith in God. What's the last thing I want to say? The Pharisees, the scribes, the, the lawyers, the Jewish leader, they were... You know, they were persecuting Jesus. They were querying him. Why did you do this? Why did you do this? The last thing I want to say is verse 26. He said something that was so powerful there. He said, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. You know, do you know what Jesus was saying? This is what I like. He said, God has given me authority. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Who has given you authority? Is the same God. So if that God that sent Jesus Christ says, I have sent you also, he has given us authority to go and destroy the work of the devil. So what is the next thing I want us to think about? Am I taking responsibility like Jesus? Jesus could refer back to who sent him. 
And we need to know we are not sending ourselves. God the Father has sent us. You know these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. They still wanted to deal with Jesus. So if you read Luke chapter 24. They said who gave you this authority? You are healing the sick and you are just taking the fame out of our hands. So (laughs) Jesus now answered them. He said, the authority of John the Baptist, where did it come from? So they all gathered together. They said, if we say it's from God, because everybody knows that John the Baptist was anointed by God, he was sent by God, he had authority, then Jesus will reply them, then why didn't you believe John the Baptist, who testified about me? Then they gathered together and said, well, if we say that it's not from God. Everybody will stone us because they already know that John the Baptist is from God. You know, so they went back to Jesus. They said, we don't know. <laughs> you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm not going to tell you to. <laughs> I'm not going to give you an answer. You know what? They were talking about authority. Every one of us will have authority. Even the work you are doing in your job, you have authority to carry it out. Every one of us must be under authority. As you are seeing me, I'm under authority. Authority is a good thing when we use it to serve the purpose of God. Jesus was under authority and he used his authority to carry out a great responsibility. Verse 39. So he now told them finally, That I've been saying so many things, you've seen the signs, you've seen wonders, but you do not believe me. He now told them, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Do we want to become more like Jesus? We cannot run away from the scriptures. The next slide, please. Some of us, we have to touch the page, you know, the paper, before we feel that we can read the Bible. I know our generation now, we use iPad, isn't it? And the phone. Whatever method we use, let's read the scripture. That's what will make us to be more like Jesus. The scriptures testifies about Jesus. So when you are reading the scriptures, say to yourself, Jesus, I want to meet you. How do I meet Jesus when I read with scriptures? Let's go and win the word for Christ with power and with authority. God bless you.